Hello there, a bit Spursy listener. It's me, Barney. And me, Dan. And we are here to tell you some fantastic news. We have started a free Discord to which you can go on and chat all things Tottenham Hotspur and other related concepts. <laughs> yeah, to join that, uh, head to discord.gg slash a bit Spursy. That's correct. We also now have a Patreon to which you can pay for Spurs-related content. <laughs> and, it sounds uh, like a scam. It's not a scam here. It's, it's not a scam. We're not scamming. We're not scamming. It's, uh, look, we, we love uh, you know creating this podcast and there's a whole bunch of other things that we want to do with some streams, uh, some watch-alongs and, and these sort of bits and pieces. If you would like to help us out and support us there, we'd really appreciate it. We'll be able to create more Spurs, Spurs content and uh, sort of have fun doing that. So if you'd like to do that, uh, please head to Patreon com slash a bit uh, The more of you that are on the Patreon, the less time I have to spend in the coal mine, which is my job. <laughs> so let's get Barney out of the coal mine. And uh, yeah, all links can be found uh, on our website at abitspursy.com. Uh, during uh, a season, uh, there are uh, different periods, you know, and uh, sometimes uh, uh, you have uh, a lot of confidence and... Uh, Everything you you try to do on the pitch, you are uh, able to do. Tottenham topple the champions on day one. Wow! He's taken the cover off that. A splendid goal from Son Heung-min, which gets Spurs off to a fly. Hello, a bit Spursy community, friends, family, and associates. Uh, my name is Barney. I'm Dan. And here we are for a very positive and exciting episode of A Bit Spursy because we won two games in a row. We won two games in a row. We didn't win-lose two in a row, Dan. Two in a row. But I was going to say back-to-back, and I don't know if we've done that for a little while, but Mm. I think we may have, but we usually then go back like maybe win-win-loss or something. But, yeah, I think it feels feels good. Like uh, the last pod we recorded, we were talking about the Man U game. Yeah. And I think that was such a letdown and oh. so disappointing. Mm. So it was nice to have these two results to bounce back from. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just think on another day we get we get Man U. Uh, unfortunately, um, old man and criminal Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> uh, Emphasis on criminal. Emphasis on criminal. Um, had, you know, a blinder. But we don't need to talk about that because we've got two games to talk about, which is Fantastic. Um, it's been great both games. Uh, was I on for the Brighton game? I definitely was for the West Ham game uh, on the Discord, uh, chatting. Um, even though uh, regular con- uh, contributor Marty makes lots of bad jokes, um, <laughs> it was great to be able to watch it at 3.30 in the morning um, with a whole bunch of people, including yourself, Dan. Yeah. Well, I think I, I watched the Brighton one. Uh, on delay mm-hmm. and then the, the West Ham one was great too. Yeah. I, I didn't intend to stay up and watch the game because at 331, it's, it's, it's rough. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty rough, but it got to about three ish and I was still up mm. and then I just saw a few little messages start bubbling around Yeah, and then it just sucked me in. <laughs> yeah. And then like, this is the example of a great game that you're really happy that you stayed up for mm. after it happened. Yeah. Um, and for a little while there, like I was a bit concerned that oh no, we're up two one, we're going to drop some points. Like this is oh no, and and then when that happens, it becomes so shattering at the end. Yeah, totally. Um, I the whole time am am so traumatized by that three three that the more we scored, the more I was nervous yeah. that there was going to be some kind of comeback, but there wasn't. Um, should we do West Ham first or Brighton first? Um. Yeah, it's it's always a big toss up. Mm. Maybe maybe Brighton first because I feel like we've probably got more to talk about for West Ham because it's a little bit fresher. Sure, I mean Brighton, like it just felt like a bit of a routine performance. Um, Brighton, I didn't think played especially well. Um, we were fine uh, and we beat them. That was <laughs> that was kind of how I felt about the game. Like it didn't feel uh, particularly monumental in any sense whatsoever. No, I think that is that is an accurate match report. Mm. Like they were fine, we were fine, we beat them. Yeah, because yeah, watching the game, you're like Brighton. They're not very good, mm. and I don't know if they've got a bunch of injuries or something's happened. But you know, especially at the start of the season or even like late last season, it was always talking about like, oh, Brighton actually are incredible. They play so well. They just really miss a you know a goal scorer up front, but their XG is through the roof and. Mm. 
they're they're a really great team to watch. And then this just was a like you watch them and you're like, this is a real nothing team. Yeah, yeah, it felt like a real nothing performance. And they've got no like you know, Mope is just the worst option to lead the line, and they don't have a lot of great attacking options. But yeah, I, I was uh, thoroughly unimpressed. I feel like. Um, you know, back in the Southampton Pochettino days, you know, that was, uh, they were always performing at a certain level. I think they, you know, they finished sixth or seventh or sixth and then seventh or whatever it was, but Brighton uh, have got that same hype, but they don't seem to be obtaining that same level of result. Yeah. And, and I, I just wonder when it sort of ends for them. Mm. Like when they go from being like, all right, here's a team that, you know, like you say, they've got that hype and, oh, they could do something. They just made a few more pieces to when it's like, well, maybe actually they're just not great and they're just going to sort of fade away to being a mid to lower table team Yeah, that could possibly be at risk of relegation in the next couple of seasons. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just have to see. I mean, it really, you know, with a lot of the hype, uh, either, you know, sort of usual relegation or bottom of the table candidates end up finishing in anywhere from 10 to seventh or sixth, all their good players get bought and then, then they go down. But Brighton have had sort of such a weirdly average season that that probably won't actually happen. Um, and so, I, yeah, I would like to see how it kind of, they just need to strike us so bad, so yeah. bad. And I feel like now, you know, seeing Graham Potter, like now he's in his, it's like his politics like jacket. Yeah. Um, he's got a beard now. He's yeah. trying to up his sexiness a bit. Yeah. And I think make himself a little bit more desirable. Mm. Um, so maybe he's starting to, you know, realize what's actually up and is, you know, mm. <laughs> marketing himself for a move away. Yeah. Uh, maybe at the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when Lampard gets fired. <laughs> like, <laughs> but um, I mean, why would you want to go to Everton? Um, but yeah, the game, it was, it, you know, like, um, cool. I was upset that, uh, Decky didn't get credited that goal, but also great that Romero scored. Romero is unbelievable. And that was his first goal for Spurs. Yeah. It? Yeah. And I feel like if you're, you know, if you are a defender, you probably just take them however you get them. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was nice. I, th I think as well, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in the, in the West Ham game again, but you know, these players that have come in, like, I really don't think we've had a chance to sort of sit back and really just look, look at how good some of them actually are. Mm -hmm. Like talking about like Romero, like Kulisewski, Bedeker, like they are three excellent players. Yeah. Like, like I can't stress enough. Like I am shocked um, at them. And then Romero is like, he's just a completely, like, I don't, I can't remember ever seeing us have a, a similar player to Romero. Mm. And even when we're going back to like the best defenders we've had in recent years, where you go like, you know, Alderweireld, Vertonghen, uh, and before then like Ledley and, um, and whatnot, there's, there's no one who's really like as aggressive as Romero, but then also as just comfortable on the ball. And, and also you just find like at some stage during the game, he's just drifting into the box, <laughs> like it's following a run. It's unbelievable. The uh, amount of times, both in the West Ham and the Brighton game, that you're like, who? Oh, that that's Romero. Yep. yep. And he's in, <laughs> he's in the box. Um, yeah. I just, we, uh, I was going to say we're lucky, but good recruitment, I guess. Like what a fantastic buy. Um, you know, I, for, I think we are lucky in a way mm. because- like it's after seeing him play, like I'm, I don't understand how, you know, all the other sort of huge clubs in Europe weren't in for him. Yeah. Yeah. It is a bit weird. Um, yeah, we really, uh, uh, got that one, got that one right. Uh, which is great because, you know, we've had, uh, so many transfer like hashtag fails, um, over the last, what, like five or six years to then have Romero, Bentenker and Kulisevsky. Um, it's great. It's really, uh, it's really exciting. And, you know, you would hope that that's sort of the start of the Paratici, um, uh, I don't know what it is, money laundering, uh, player selection front. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's, um, it, it's interesting with Paratici too, because on the money, money, on the money laundering stuff. Has that, is that still ongoing in Italy? Or no is, idea. <laughs> yeah, no idea. Because it's one of those things that we kind of just selectively choose to ignore. Mm. Um, unless you're one of the people who's just criticizing every transfer and then you can't stop bringing it up. But then, yeah, it's the other thing interesting I find with Paratici is that he's obviously got these three players in. Um, 
He's then also got in Royale, mm-hmm. um, Hill. I feel like I'm missing one, but I think that's... Uh, I don't know. I've just gone completely black. Yeah, so have I. I think that, no, I think that's basically it. Mm. But, um, and everyone's, you know, starting now, I think to get on Royale's back a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I feel it's just like, we're sort of seeing that Royale's not a great fit for the system. Mm-hmm. But even still, if you look at that, like the majority of transfers that we've, we've had, they've been really, really good. Yeah. And they're players that we wouldn't have been in the market for if we didn't have Paratici, if we didn't have Conte. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's like, I don't see how anyone can be, you know, still so sort of negative on <laughs> Paratici, um, after what's happened, because we're in a much better place than, than I could have imagined we would have been in. Um, and yeah, like when Kulisevsky and Bentecourt came, I was thinking we'd, we're going to be half a season or a year until we start seeing them actually really sort of bet in and, and, and sort of start playing well. Mm. But I mean, they're just both like, you know the best players on the team almost pretty much every game. Yeah. I mean, it's so, you know, how rare is it to see players bet in um, so well? And it's fascinating to me that they've all come from Serie A. And we've talked about this before on the pod, so I don't want to retread ground uh, too heavily that we've already uh, walked through, but or walked on rather. But uh, <laughs> I keep on mixing these metaphors. Um, uh, but it, it is cool. It is interesting that, from what, you know, I can tell broad, broad brushstrokes that, uh, you know, the German league, it seems like the players take a while to adjust and players we've bought from Italy seem to just sort of uh, drop straight in, um, which is which is great. I mean, it's a good strategy. Like, good that we've got two Italians sort of fronting our um, transfer strategy. Yeah, I'm just so impressed. And one of the things that, you know, we're all aware of as Spurs fans is the <laughs> amount of... Uh, uh, complaining or dissatisfaction with Bentenker and Kulisevsky. And, uh, you know, I think there was a game where someone, I can't remember which game it was, but uh, Kulu, he assisted and scored. And someone on Twitter was like, Kulisevsky's terrible, blah, 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 blah. And I replied to <laughs> replied being like, oh, nice call after the, <laughs> after he'd done what he'd done. Yeah. And then the guy just deleted it. And I was like, that is so annoying. <laughs> like just if you're going to make calls like that, just be like, I was wrong. But in, instead of like being like, no, I never said that. It's, yeah. It's so annoying. It's so much more about, hey, have you checked out my Twitter? I've got a 100% success rate <laughs> yeah. on all my calls that mm. I make every single week. Never had a wrong one. They should hire me to be scout. Yeah, it's it's so embarrassing. It's like a teenage boy level, and it really <laughs> has helped put things in perspective for me in terms of, you know, because even though you can be like, well, it's, you know, first Twitter and it's ridiculous, you still can get kind of annoyed with with you know whatever's up there or start doubting your own opinions. But that was just such a. Uh, a clear um, action of deleting something that turned out to be very wrong, that it really has sort of, I, I feel free, Dan. I feel free. <laughs> well, can you just imagine if we were watching a game one week mm. and you were like, Kulisevsky's rubbish. Yeah. And then, you know, the next week he scores, you know, a hat trick or whatever. And then I'm like, oh, Barney, what was that thing you said about Kulisevsky? And then you're like, I didn't say that. Yeah, redacted, never said that. Never said that. I'm like, no, 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 but you, you said that. Mm. Like, I remember that you said it clearly. Mm. No. Yeah, I don't think so. I think you're projecting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> projecting all of your doubts onto me. Yeah, onto me. I'm some mouthpiece for your insecurities. <laughs> like, what? It's just not, it's like, I don't mind making calls about, players or the club or blah, blah, blah. As long as if it then doesn't go the way that you've said it, it is, or it will go hmm. being able to, to be like, well, I was wrong. Yeah. Um, because that then is such a way of earning someone's or, or an audience's trust. Oh, I, now I'm now giving a tutorial. Yeah. <laughs> audience building. Audience building. Um, yeah. So yeah, the Brighton game <laughs> to go back to that, it was, yeah, whatever. Like I, you know, happy with how it went. But the West Ham game, oh, that was fun. It was so fun. Like it felt, um, uh, Barty was saying on the extra inch that the energy around the ground was, um, it felt like there was something to lose, like we were playing mm. for something. Um, and that was great. But 
from you know watching from home it just felt like there was a kind of uh energy or there was a um a desire that matched what was at stake from the players and that's mm. you know always a great thing yeah and i think the good thing was from the very start of the game too the players just came out of the gates like so hot mm. and that was such a relief to see because like you know there's so many games we've seen over the last couple of years where we start we start pretty sluggishly in the first sort of five minutes and then we know it's going to be an absolute grind to get back into it and then we may need Kane to pull something out mm. and then if we're close at the end we might be having a crack at the like the 92nd minute or something like that um but so it was so nice to just see like you could tell straight away you're like oh hang on <laughs> hang on the boys are up for it they are ready to like really sort of go at West Ham here. And I think that was what was so nice to see that, you know, these players realize the importance of the occasion being a North London, well, not North, a, a London derby, mm. um, and also going for fourth. That, that, that you could see how badly they want that. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, like even in the reactions to when Sonny didn't track, um, who was it that scored the West Ham goal? Um, West Ham uh, player. Um, when I want to say Lanz, I don't think it was Lanz. No, it was um, Ben Rama. Was could, it Ben Rama? Yeah, maybe. Who, who cares? <laughs> Let's say uh, Ben Rama. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the people that plays for West Ham uh, scored from that set piece, and Sonny uh, didn't. It was sort of really interesting to watch the reaction post that because he was devastated that it had happened. And a couple of other players were devastated that the goal had been conceded. You could see mm. it. But they also, so in Pochettino era, there was this thing where we'd concede goals and there would kind of be this like, damn, oh, we've conceded a goal. And then we moved into the Mourinho era where you saw lots of pointing and shouting. Mm. And that kind of continued until now where it was like, okay, well, collectively we feel bad about this. Mm. Um but now collectively we need to go and rectify this and, you know, yeah. keep on playing, which as a fan is so comforting to see, um, even though the, us conceding from another set piece. I think I said to you, do you think every week that uh, Conte rocks up and the, like they're getting ready for kickoff and he's like, oh, <laughs> I forgot to practice defending and attacking from set pieces oh, again. Oh. The rest of his coaching staff just throwing their iPads up in the air. <laughs> yeah. Not again, Antonio. Not, not Antonio. <laughs> um, yeah, it's unbelievable the amount that we've um, conceded from free kicks and corners. You'd have to think like a part of me thinks that Antonio maybe doesn't care mm. because the, how it keeps happening like given how passionate and intense he is with everything, you think if he was really, like if this was really something that was getting to him, he would be all over it. Yeah. Um. And I don't, I, I don't mean to suggest that he could just instantly click his fingers and suddenly we don't concede a set piece every game. I mean, he could, but he could. <laughs> yeah. The magic of Antonio. Yeah. We don't know where it ends. Mm. Um. But it's. I wonder if he's just like, yeah, we'll address that later. Mm. I've got all these other things I want to focus on first, and then yeah, set pieces sometime. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, not many goals scored from that, um, but it's it's bizarre. Like at some stage, we'll have to do something about it mm. because it seems like that is genuinely the best way that a lot of these teams get at us mm. um, is through set pieces. Yeah, and it's like I'm pretty sure um, you know the the percentage of set pieces scored like from a corner goals are scored maybe some, I, f I figure it's like something like seven or three percent of the time or something like that. Um, and it's like it seems like we concede one every second week. Yeah, yep. So I feel like we've at some stage this definitely does need to be addressed. Um, but yeah, like, I guess like to the greater point where you're saying it was really great to see that you know the team didn't sort of um, yeah they didn't start turning on each other too much from that. But it was very much like rally up, go again, mm. Uh, mm. and yeah, let's just see you know, see how quickly we can get back in the game. Even though West Ham did have some periods in this where it it did look a little bit sort of sketchy for us. Yep. Um, but then at the same time, it's like, but they had a lot of possession, but they weren't doing anything with it. Mm. And I think apart from like Antonio's chance that he had at the start, I wasn't ever really too worried that they were going to score, given that even when they had their big part, um, big periods of possession. Yeah. I mean, when they had, it was, it was bizarre. And this has been mentioned in articles and also in other podcasts that they came sort of with this, like this time Spurs, we're going to have the ball. 
Like, <laughs> I was like, that's the worst thing you could do. It was very strange. Um, and you know, really played into what we wanted to do. Um, yeah, I, I mean, to be fair, every time there was any kind of set piece or corner, I was nervous. Um, but you know, on a whole, there was sort of this solidness to our play that, you know, is continually, uh, improving, which is great to watch. Um, one of the players that's been, st- uh, copying a lot of stick has been, uh, Reguion. like really copying <laughs> Oh, it. wow. Yeah. 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 And like it's moved, right? So it was Winks, but he's not playing. It's Lucas, but he's not playing. It's Hobier, but he's playing quite well now. Um, it could be Dyer. No, well, he's been quite well. Uh, quite well. <laughs> oh, I mean, I hope he's been well. He got a knock to the head. but um, And so then it's like, okay, well, uh, Doc, no, Doherty uh, seems to be improving. So now we've got Reguillon as the scapegoat. Yeah. And like, sure, it's very annoying the amount of times he seems to be in the box and then produce one of the worst shots I've ever seen. But I, I don't know. Like maybe I'm so um, swayed by my goodwill towards him because I just like him, you know, but I just don't, I'm not in the party of like, well, we're going to get 40 million for him. So I reckon sell him and we'll bring some, I'm like, no, I think (laughs) he's like what? 22 or something. Like, let's just chill on that. Um, and see what happens. Yeah. I think I kind of sit in the camp of if Madrid activated their buyback clause and they did buy back, I wouldn't be shattered. Mm. but I wouldn't be pushing for that to happen. Mm. Um, whereas I think when we first got him in, we were like, oh, well, we've got to be wary of this buyback clause because, oh, that oh, mm. that can't happen. Yeah. Oh, surely he'll adjust to London life. He'll love going out for fish and chips and, like, mm. you know, he won't miss Spain and the sunshine <laughs> and the beaches and everything of that. He'll, he'll love <laughs> he'll love the M&M store. He'll go on the, the um, uh, double-decker bus tour. It's going to be the best. Yeah. But now, yeah, now it's like, well, I, I mean, I feel the same way. Like if they were to execute that clause, I would be like, oh no, but it mm. wouldn't be like if, you know, um, uh, Benton Kerr, for yeah. instance, now <laughs> left, I'd be like, no, 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 he's so good. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I think as well with, with Reguillon, like, like you, you said, he's so young that we're still not a hundred percent sure what player he's going to end up developing into. Mm. Um, and I think a lot of the things and a lot of parts of frustration at the moment are maybe due to some immaturity from him a little bit that yeah. when he does get into those positions, he's more so looking for contact and looking to sort of get the foul then goes down. And then what I do love about <laughs> it is whenever it cuts to him, he is dumbfounded yeah. and so shocked every single time yep. when the ref doesn't make the call. Mm. And then other times he just absolutely like nuts it and yeah. is like smashing the ground. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> it's, uh, it's, I've never seen just so much rage for just like what really was not a penalty. Yeah. Um, so I think he's, he's funny to watch in that sense, but I hope he kind of gets that. I you know, switches, his, switches his perspective a little bit and sort of looks at it more like the best thing I can do here is try and get a shot off rather than go down, mm. especially now that he's kind of developed that. I don't want to say he's got a full-on reputation for it, but a little bit, I think it's starting to develop a bit that he seems to go down quite easily. Mm. Um, but yeah, like overall, I think it's just, it's just still too early in his, to, in too early in his career to really know what he's, um, what, what he can do mm. and, and where his limitations lie. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I mean, you know, he could have had two, I think, in this game um, mm. and that would have been great. But I just, yeah, I agree with you. I think we just need to chill and he will uh, eventually, like if it just continuously happens, then whatever. Yeah. Like maybe then Cess becomes first choice, but Cess is injured 95% of the time. So it's kind of hard to pull that off. Um, Doc, I, was, yep. I was just going to say on that point as well, like, I feel like as a fan base, we've got to stop hating, like, um, you know, making players scapegoats constantly, Mm. but we can't hate every single player we have in every single sort of like position 
all the time. Yeah. So if we're like sitting around and like tweeting, oh, Sessions rubbish is all he's 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 guy. He should go. He's too too injured, not confident enough. Oh, now Reggion sucks. Mm. Oh, now um, Royale's bad. Oh, now Doherty should go. Mm. And then it's like, well, if the club don't sign four wingbacks in the window, mm. then this is dusted. This is a tin pot club. And yeah. like, leave it out, mate. <laughs> and it's just like we've got to pick our like what are our priorities here. What is the, you know, and I don't think Reggie on replacing him or upgrading him is the going to, is realistically like a high priority compared to other positions. Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, the right side is uh, much more. (laughs) Again, like Royale was bought when Nuno was uh, at the club and he seemingly can't or finds it very difficult to play in a wingback role. Uh, Doherty is weirdly every everything Doherty does in any game. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> even if it's just like a very short, easy pass, I'm like, oh, he did it. What? Like, oh, great. Yeah. Um, and it's great to see him improve, but I just don't believe that the ceiling is much higher than what we're currently seeing. And I think that is an area that we really do need to buy uh, a much uh, more accomplished right wing back. Yeah, definitely. Because like I would look at that now and go, I'm happy for Doherty to be the the backup, mm. um, and also because he seems to be. When I say he can play on the left, like he just also seems to be okay and not kick up a fuss about coming on and playing on the left because he's just like, well, Gaffer, you're giving me game time, so yeah. I'm happy. I'll take anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put me in goals. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but I think like I would be happy for him to stay as a backup, and then yeah, I agree. Getting in, like, the, if we had two like world class wingbacks. Then it's like this. We're pretty close to like a title winning team in mm. my mind. Mm. Um, but I mean, wingbacks are hard to come by. It's a really tough position to play. Yeah, that's why there are not many players who can really play it well. Mm. And it's kind of like we we can't just expect that we're going to find Roberto Carlos. You know, just um, the next Roberto Carlos just tucking away somewhere and and do that. And yes, there are players that that do play wingback and they do it well. But I th- I think sometimes there are some positions where we're going to have to you know, have some compromises and go, yeah, let's bring in someone else who like is better than like Doherty in that role. But again, they don't necessarily need to be a world beater. Mm. Um, they just need to really do a specific role in Conte's system. Totally. Uh, how about our, our front line now to me feels like what we thought it would be like when Bale came for that loan Yeah, where we've got three options and all of them are dangerous in different ways um, like Kulusevsky is 21 years old and every time he gets the ball, I just have like such high confidence that he will do something good. Yeah. Like, like he's unbelievable. Um, I'm so impressed. I can't believe you've entered sold him. <laughs> and you know, obviously the same for Benjamin but I'll get to him next. But yeah. It, but, but also they were happy. Like, yeah, they were celebrating. There were so many fans which were like, oh, it's so good. We got rid of him. Mm. Cop that Spurs. Like, oh, Paratici's just donated into our yeah. coffee. It's like. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Mm, yeah. Um, like he's just, his. you know, he's, it's funny that there was a lot of um, complaining about the sp- his speed. Um, and then our other option in, in that position is uh, Lucas, who is all speed and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from headers. I mean, he can jump. Um, speed and jumping. <laughs> speed and jumping. But Kulisevsky, like his poise on the ball and you, you sort of watching him there's this weird dissonance between you're like, is he really slow or is he quite fast? And mm. we know from looking at the stats that he is actually quite quick. Um, but, it, you know, it's one of those things and it is a fantastic trait is that he looks like he has lots of time regardless oh, of whether he does or not. And I think when he runs, he looks like he is kind of the tin man that needs a bit of oil. Yeah. Because it is like a bit of a stiff sort of like weird mm. shuffle, but he gets through it. Yeah. And... um. And I think that I like what you said earlier about there's they the, our three forwards are all doing their own they they're doing their own thing they've got their own strengths like mm. it's kind of like when you see like we're putting together like a team of superheroes mm. like this one is great at like breathing this yeah. one <laughs> this one's good at running whatever mm. Mm. Um, and it feels like we've got that now with like um, you know. Whereas before it's like Son was like oh he's the fast one who gets in behind as a lethal shot Lucas is the 
also the fast but not as good one yeah who also doesn't have a good shot but he can jump yeah 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 but he's got to jump on him though mm. he's he jumps mm. and whereas like it's like what whereas now it just feels like they just complement each other so well mm. and um like just even seeing these little moments where you often see like Kane and Kulisevsky interchanging a little bit more yeah um and just sort of like these nice little tight passing movements mm. i'm like that's that's great. And I know that Conte does all these automations and everything, but it's like they really seem to have clicked. Mm. And I think they just really, really complement each other now because I think previously against Spurs, like you're going to be like, well, Kane is going to look for Son and that's it. Mm. Um, unless he wants to give it to Jumpy Boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who just run out of play with it. Mm. Uh, but now it genuinely is like you, all three of them can shoot, all three of them can score. All three of them are comfortable on the ball. Mm. And it's like, we f it feels so much more dynamic. Yeah, yeah, it does feel dynamic. I like I love Bergvine, so uh, I very much want him to play, and I'm glad that he's been making sub appearances. But in terms of the three, um, when one of them eventually gets an injury, uh, touch wood, that doesn't happen. Don't but say the it, I word, Barney. Yeah, but if it we does, can't deal with the I word, right? If now. it does, I feel like the most um uh least damaging rather um would be son getting injured because we have bergvine who is not as good as son son is unbelievable but there is a quick um clever option there whether if kane goes obviously it's kane and then kulisevsky just is you, there's no one else that we can replace him with i don't think yeah 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 no i, I think you make a good point there that it's like whilst all three of them are a kind of a pretty irreplaceable, mm. if we did have to and Son did get injured, mm. Bergwijn could come in and do a job in that role. Yeah. Whereas, I mean, if Kane's out at some stage, like we're we're still in trouble there. Mm. But then again, I would be very interested to see what we would do um, if we do then change the system up and play two up top mm. um, or if we do go three and then Kulusevsky or Son, one of them plays more centrally and mm. um, I'd be very interested to see what like Conte's backup plan yeah, for that is. is for that. I think it would be Kulusevsky. Um, uh, just to make sure this is very clear, I do not think Son is replaceable <laughs> by Bergvine. <laughs> this is crisis level. Like I just think that Bergvine could do a job, as you said. No, Barney, we've got it on the record here. You've said <laughs> Bergwijn is better than Son. <laughs> Son is unbelievable. He is unbelievable. Um, but we, we were doubting Son a little, like not doubting oh, overall. Yeah. Mm. But before this game, we were kind of like, oh, does Sonny need a rest? Yeah. Because he just is kind of like, he's scoring some goals, but then he's not, doesn't seem to really, really be mm. contributing too much else. But then I think this game, it's like, yeah, nope, sorry. Sorry, Sonny. We, mm. uh, we apologize for... Any small doubt there, and it's like, look, if he drives forward a few times a game and scores a goal or two, then and that's what he does. Then all right, great, yep, perfect, and he's one of the best at doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think another thing I've noticed with the team in terms of uh, mentality, based off of the snippets we get on the television coverage, is that when players get taken off, it was a real thing in the Mourinho uh, era and Nuno as well that they'd kind of spit the dummy if they felt like they didn't want to go off. Mm. And all of them under Conte go, my number's up. Okay. <laughs> you know, I guess I'll go off. Uh, the only person that's ever looked ejected was Sess after he got pulled after 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and fair, you know, I guess fair enough. But he still, you know, I mean, I guess that's personality. Like You can't imagine Sess and you're cracking it. Um, but that's also a really good sign that it's like, oh, okay, well I should, okay, well I'm coming off now. Um, maybe they're just all scared. They don't want to like box him in training, which is, I think what my Latero had to do. Oh uh, yeah. I think Conte pulled him off early and he was not happy and spat mm. the dummy. And then maybe it was Lukaku or someone organized a boxing match between the two of them. The <laughs> <next> <laughs> like, I wouldn't want to fight Conte. Mm. Oh my God. Like the sheer will. Like, cause I, I figure I'm probably taller than him. Mm. I probably got reach. Mm. I'm in no means even a, a, a slightly trained fighter mm. or an athlete. So he's mm. probably got a, a few, a lot of things over me to begin with, but I feel like he is just the determination. Oh, he'd be like, you know, uh, in Monty Python, Holy Grail, 
uh, just a flesh wound, like the dude that gets oh, all yeah, his wounds. Yeah. The that would be Conte. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, that would be Conte. <laughs> Um, we're gonna finish this or what? Yeah, it's just a head just rolling yeah, on the yeah, floor. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> One thing that got brought up on uh, Inch, um, which actually we should bring up because Discord member uh, Stephco got a big shout out mm-hmm. um, for their work with their newsletter and stuff, um, which was very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the other things was that. Um, there. Oh, now I've forgotten because I got too distracted by Steph Co. And now, <laughs> now I'm going completely blank. Oh my god! Um, uh, it was Conte, Conte being uh, Conte. An, in Monty Python. Monty Python. Monty Python. Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll just jump to another topic that I really wanted to talk <laughs> about. The fan response to Zuma was so funny. Mm. Oh my god! Like the booze, whatever. But the inflatable cats, like yeah. that, is amazing. And apparently the meows as well. Yeah, the well. meows. <laughs> oh it's, god! It's like it's so bizarre. Like my only fear about it is like, does it kind of trivialize the matter a little bit? Mm. I don't, which I don't think. I don't think it does at this stage. Mm. But I'm like, if this just keeps happening, does this then just like? He's like, oh yeah, I'm I'm a cat kicker guy. <laughs> oh whatever. Mm. Uh, anyway, I got on with my career and uh, nothing happened. Mm. Um, but I do love like any little bit of shithousery from fans. Um, yeah, inflatable cats. <laughs> so funny. I mean, I I guess you know the more it happens, the more desensitized he'll become to it. Yep. But I've I have not. I've seen a few West Ham games post cat, and no one has booed him as loud or meowed as loud or had inflatable cats. Like it was just phenomenal. Yeah. I think that's at some stage it's got to get to him. Mm. Cause like, especially if everyone keeps doing it, mm. like even though we do talk about maybe it desensitizing, it's going to get to him at some stage. Yeah. Like you'll be like you can't just ignore that. And I know that they do a lot of work as athletes on blocking things out and focusing. But if every single time in a game you get the ball, there's a meow. Oh. Like it's going to start getting to you. Surely. Unreal. Yeah. I want to know, I mean, I guess, who would he be? If Romero was at any point on Zoom, be it for a corner, I would assume he would be doing some meows. Oh, I would assume. Yeah. I, I think you're right. Like, Romero, he's such an aggressive player. There's nothing to suggest that he wouldn't absolutely talk smack mm. um, to some of these players. And given like when we we uh, uh, equalize against Man U, and he just <laughs> goes into Maguire's face so oh. aggressively. Oh, that was so good. Oh. Um, so it's he must surely be doing that because he's also someone who would back it up. Mm. Like if he's talking shit to you, and then the other person sort of fronts up back to him. Romero's not backing down. Mm. Um, which is kind of like, you know, against Antonio. Like I thought, you know, Antonio is just like, I mean, he just bullies defenders. Sorry. Yeah. Bullies defenders every time he plays. Um, and I mean, you know, apart from the one, like we said earlier, the one chance he got through, like Romero dealt with him pretty well. And um, yeah, it's like, we've just got this real marshal at the back there that just doesn't let things happen. <laughs> he yeah. did, it doesn't let things happen on his watch. Mm. But... Oh, I remember my point, which oh, yeah. was on inch. They were talking about how maybe Dyer might be the player of the season. And I was reflecting on what we've said. And I was like, we haven't really talked about how good he has been. Mm. Um, nor has he received uh, a bit spursy votes like he deserves. Like he has been fantastic. Um, but it's in a role uh, where, it, you know, Romero should get the plaudits because what he's doing is like just incredible. But Dyer is really important too. And it, it reminds me of, you know, like in uh, the West Ham game, Hoybier's uh, influence, you know, I can remember certain things, but mostly he was, um, I don't want to say anonymous because that sounds negative, but like was not noticeable. He was a cog in whatever the, you know, in the machine. Apart from that, uh, a, almost assist to Kane, which he fluffed. That was unreal. Like such a good, uh, such a good over the top ball. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I know what you mean with the dire point too. That it seems like if you're a defender, you have to kind of be this real like all action tackling defender, mm. like a Romero, um, or someone like you know Van Dyke for Liverpool, who just always gets them out of trouble and like 
is just he just tackles it back off anyone and then mm. plays a long pass and all that sort of stuff. Whereas I think, yeah, Dyer, a lot of the good stuff he's done this season kind of has gone unnoticed. Mm. But we've then really noticed when he's been absent yeah. of how like there's just this absolute gaping hole mm. at the back. And like to see him there with his like, you know, sheath around his head. Oh yeah. Um going and and then also to see Suchek as well with <laughs> with his, it just didn't look quite as tough as Dyer's. Mm. Mm. Um I mean it's like yeah, like it's he's become such a crucial part of the team. And I remember it would have been sometime last year we were talking about like who would be the next captain, like when Hugo kind of goes or whatever. And like, ah, oh, Kane, there's an argument for Kane, but also, you know, Kane and the Man City thing, you know, we still don't know where that really all stands. Um, um, I, I've, I've inadvertently mentioned Man City and I was mm. going to be like, um, I was going to make a point as well. Like, I think this is uh, listening to the commentary on this game. I'm pretty sure they didn't mention Man City. And I was going to be like, this is the first time Kane and Man mm. City has not been mentioned in a damn game. Yeah. And now I've done it and brought it back in. But I think if Kane's out of the equation, I think to me, Dyer mm. now should be the next captain. Yeah. And it's something that I think he would actually froth at doing. Mm. But I just think he would. Uh... You know that I think it's from Harry Potter. It's like uh, people that seek power shouldn't. Well, no, actually, I can't remember. But it's like people who seek power shouldn't be given it. It's those that yeah, right. have power mm. thrust upon them that are like to me. Even if he would really enjoy it, I don't see him as someone that's like I want to be the captain. Whether that's Kane's vibe is like captain, make me captain. I um, love the picture of their in a team meeting, and yeah. it's like, all right, who wants to be the next captain? Mm. And I want to be the captain. captain. Excuse me, Antonio. <laughs> I want to be the captain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, I think you're right. Like, um, and odd Kane as well. And I always spoke about this during the game, but like his haircut. Um, and this is a, a point with Kane that I think he often gets wrong, and I find it kind of cute in a way mm. that it's like. When players start becoming really good, they usually make themselves a bit more marketable. Yeah. Like when Bale started just becoming like otherworldly and just untouchable, he then got his ears pinned back and then he started getting like a fade on the sides Mm -hmm. up into a thing. And they kind of like, cool, when I'm moving up into an elite level of player, I'm trying to build my brand out and do that. But then Harry Kane, whenever he gets a haircut, it just looks like a sort of COVID like homemade job. Yeah. And it just kind of, it, it just reminds me of like, Charlie Kane and like just how this whole like how he just manages everything and I'm mm. sure that Charlie cuts his hair as well now definitely on that motorbike <laughs> yeah, on that motorbike yeah just yeah. come and sit on the bike Harry come and sit on the bike I've got me scissors out I've charged up me clippers um go on I'll give you a once over and then you do me okay well Imagine. you what do you want this time you want like oh, I'll get like a fate I can't do that yeah no sorry can't do fate. Um, do you want a bit of blonde in it? You like that sometimes. Yeah, you look real fast if you get that in there. <laughs> yeah, blonde equals fast. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I call my motorbike blonde. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I also don't like on that. I totally, you know, you see the like glow up. We're seeing it with Graham Potter at the moment, or yeah. <laughs> you know, every every player that's sort of uh, building their profile. Obviously, they're being advised by somebody, being like, "This is what you need to sort of do this." Yeah, we and can't sell your current like you your look, current look. You look hideous. <laughs> um, but Harry Kane's is not. I think the biggest issue with it is it's not. Um, I don't care, and it doesn't matter. But it's also not. I do care, and I want to look good. It's just somewhere in the middle. But, and it's just kind of, oh, and it always has been the case. Like with the, like when he had the real slick thing. Yeah. Um, it's always been sort of like, uh, like, what are you trying to do? What's the, what's the go? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Actually on that, now that we've lost a lot of our great hair people, who has the best hair? Of the club? Yeah. I mean, wait, organic or manufactured? Uh, either or. Because I think if it's an open category, it's, uh, it's got to be contact. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Player though. Oh, player? Yeah. Um, I agree with you, but player. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, also, there could be some janitor at the, at the, at the, <laughs> at the training ground. That's an unbelievable cut. An incredible mop. Yeah. And it's, I'll never get talked about. Yeah. Oh, I've got the best haircut of Tottenham. <laughs> Antonio even says it to me. <laughs> yeah. I'll buy your hair. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I think, uh, who's got the who's got the best cut? 
<laughs> like I love diet. Diet just it's always just shaved. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. always just sort of nothing going on there. Mm. Um, I like I like where Sonny's is at at the moment. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I Sonny's, think yeah, because he's had a few different ones. Like sometimes it's been a bit sort of like floppier and mm. going around, but we don't really have any like great no hair people. Do. Like Doherty's got the one who's like just looks like he's just gotten out of a bar fight and like mm. that's a very just economical. Cut. I, I really struggled. <laughs> I honestly couldn't. Like Kulusevsky looks like his mum did it. Um, like Sonny's <laughs> is pretty good. We've spoken about Kane's, uh, and then like there's like this sort of like good region where like Bergvine has like a good cut. It's very sharp. Yeah. Uh, Pierre's cut is sharp, but it's serviceable, suiting him. Yep. Dyer's in that category. <laughs> Um, I guess Benton Curse is, is good, but again, it's pretty just like, you know, like serviceable. Do, do you think it's something where like, you know how occasionally on Instagram, you'll see something comes up from like Charlie Clippers, the hairdresser to the stars. Yeah. And then it's like, he'll do all these cuts for like all the Chelsea players or all the Arsenal players or something mm. like that. But do you reckon like that there is a one who does all the cuts for all the Spurs players and they just not good at all, but <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's like again. Maybe it is Charlie Kane, and Kane's yeah. like, "Oh, everyone, you got to, mm. you got to use Charlie is the best." It's like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Kane, we we, we, we don't hate it so to. much. Um, well, if you don't use him, I'll continue to take the free kicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a trap. I'll take them anyway. Yeah, I'll take them anyway. I was lying. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like there's no like maybe Sessegnon's got pretty cool hair, uh, but it's you know it just looks it's naturally cool rather mm. than like uh, he's really come up with a look yeah like no we don't have any strong looks anymore no we and we don't maybe we don't have any like just really cool mm. maybe they just aren't any cool guys at the club yeah they're all just oof. i mean i'm sure galini because he seems to be the one who's into fashion the most <laughs> yeah. but we just don't even see him anymore mm. uh apart from just yapping away with paratish on the bench <laughs> yeah he's literally there now because Hitchens gone, yeah. Your job is to talk to Paratici on the bench, like, yeah, yeah. Because we're not going to play him. Imagine next week we find out it's like, well, Galini has now been made like chief <laughs> technical recruitment, yeah, yeah. officer, <laughs> and he just is knocking about with Paratici the whole time. Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> hey, look, if it keeps Paratici happy, then having Galini on loan as his buddy to talk to, yeah. Uh, all right, all good. We'll, we'll deal with that. Did Hitchens go to Everton? Have I? I think it was rumored that he was, but I don't know. I didn't follow it through. Mm. I think I stopped following the story at like Hitchens gone and he might be going to Everton. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, all right. Mm. Not like, oh, we're losing Steve Hitchens, but I was like, ah, oh, Everton. Uh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. But I wonder how he'll go there given how bad their transfers have been. Uh, and even their, you know, assignment of a manager when they're in a relegation fight. And I, I don't get any pleasure. Like, I don't want them to get relegated at all. But the excitement of it is is quite uh, alluring. Zabani, you're just like, you're beating a man that's down, a man who has hurt his hand, mm. broken his hand in celebrating a win, Frank Lampard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. I wonder if that's just his attempt just to like, he hasn't actually broken his hand, he's just taken the heat off a bit. Yeah. Oh, well, I've, I've broken my hand. I just, I love, I love this club. I love blue. I love blue colors. I love, I love Everton. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's still like, it's this, the whole Everton thing. Like I, I'm, it's just still weird seeing Delhi there. Mm. Uh, and not to open up that Pandora's box again of like, um, you know, all that, but it's just like, it's just bizarre what yeah. they've, what they've become. And do we still play Everton? I think we've played I, them twice. Oh, we have played them twice. Yeah. I was getting hopeful that we played them again. Oh, no, we, no, yeah, we, because yeah. Delhi came back and yeah. came on, got subbed on. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of interesting when you look at the league of mm. like who's going to go down, who's going to stay up. Um, and I feel like I am pretty happy with where we are mm -hmm. at the moment. Like, how do you feel confidence wise now of, because, you know, everyone's talking about the top four, top four, what's going to happen, what's going to happen. Mm. Um, given that we are three points behind Arsenal, but we've got one game in hand, but we obviously still have to play them. Mm -hmm. And then it just, I mean, it feels so good to jump over West Ham and Man U. But how is your overall confidence now coming to the end of the season? I feel, in terms of next year, I feel very confident. In terms of this coming, end of this season, to me, it's this weird kind of seesaw between 
finishing in the Champions League is great for money. Yeah. Uh, finishing fifth is bad because then we have to play in the Europa League and we know what Conte's like with two <laughs> two fixtures. <laughs> um, I wish it was like a mailing list and you could opt out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just, just go, actually, we don't really want to, we don't want to play in the Europa League. Yeah. Um, if it's, yeah, if we manage to end up in the Conference League, that's even worse. But I hope if that's the case, then uh, Conte is just like, we play the tw under 23s and we send a different, you know, like just a complete, like, we don't care. Um, and how funny would it be to see if we win Conference League mm. with Antonio just going nuts? <laughs> oh, God. I feel like he wouldn't, though. I feel like he would be like, I'm embarrassed about this. <laughs> you think he'd go and spit on the trophy? Yeah, as yeah. Go he'd past be so, it? so our next uh, fixtures are we've got Newcastle um, mm. next, and then Villa, Brighton again, <laughs> um, Brentford, Leicester, Liverpool, Burnley, and then Norwich. Mm. Um, and I, I assume, like, has Arsenal been? That hasn't been scheduled yet. Yeah, so somewhere we're playing Arsenal. But Arsenal's game against Chelsea has been scheduled, mm. and it's in a really, it's like around the time that they have to play like Man U and Great. Liverpool or something like that. Like they've mm. got a three-game period there, which if Arsenal come through that and just win those games, then they're getting fourth like because mm. their morale will be through the roof. Mm. But they've got, I think it's like three really challenging fixtures in a row in a compressed period now. Because, oh, la-di-da, we've only played three games this year. Yeah. Look how well we're doing. Oh, you've got to make them up at some stage. Mm. So now once we get past the international break, they've got like midweek games <laughs> coming up constantly, um, which is good, which is good. Yeah. it's. Uh, I just, like if they, you know, say they win two out of three somehow, I want our game to come after that. And I want us to crush them. Like mm. just, like it doesn't have to be, uh, a huge scoreline, even if it's a one nil, it's like we just ring the life out of them, injure a lot of their players. Um, something bad happens to Arteta, like <laughs> breaks his hand, breaks his hand from um, I don't know celebrating a goal um, that gets disallowed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got no idea. The bus crashes. Yeah, I just it's really uh, reignited my hatred of them. Oh, yeah. Which in part is good um, <laughs> because I like to hate them, but also it's it's like the the Medusa has been uh, cut for a while yeah. and now the heads are starting to emerge again and it's like. Oh. Yeah, totally. Mm. I think that's a really great way to describe <laughs> it because it does feel like Arsenal haven't really been worthy of hating mm. <laughs> for a yeah. while because they're just like, yeah. Well, it's like just, it's just beating up the kid who's like three years younger than you. Yeah. Um, and it just, they were kind of like off our radar, mm. but then now, like the annoying thing about them is even if they're not playing well, they still pick up points at the moment. Mm. Um, but like, it, there's so much in that game whenever it mm. happens. And the thing that I take a lot of encouragement for is like how we approach this West Ham game. Um, and I know we did have, you know, uh, we did. We have had. Some, we did have some time to prep for that, mm. um, more than West Ham did, which definitely played into our favour. Because even you know at halftime, um, so when we started the second half, I remember seeing like they showed the tunnel cam, and then Antonio was coming out. Um, as in Antonio for West Ham, not our beloved Conte, mm. and he just looked. He just looked cooked. Mm. And he just looked so tired. So it's like that also helped us against West Ham. Oh, big time. Yeah. But you know the Arsenal game is going to be a midweek game. Mm. And how we treated this West Ham game, I hope we treat it in the same manner and we just go at Arsenal mm. um, and we don't yeah, – we, we need to get some – we need to get something back for like what happened in the, the game at the start of the Absolutely. season. Absolutely. But I, f I feel very confident that that's going to be the case in the sense that at least we're going to take it to them yeah. given Conte's roasting of Arteta, you know, being like, well, you know, like you put off the game, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I just think that there's going to be like if if Conte is starting to feel like I don't like you, <laughs> then we're going to crush like we're going to crush them and be very aggressive. Oh, definitely, uh, which is exciting. Um, we haven't touched on the Chelsea situation, and I know we're very close to running out of time, but I just I just want to make a comment on that, and that is <laughs> <laughs> um, we will put that on loop for three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but we do have to do our votes for the the medal. The Abit Spursy medal, yeah. Mm, mm. Um, look, to be honest, I can't really remember the Brighton game too much. Yep. Who would get votes for there? But the mm-hmm. West Ham game, I feel confident with some votes. Great. That's great. Um, well, let's just speed through the Brighton game then. Yeah. Um, no discussion because uh, maybe they might be quite random. Yeah. Um, but uh, I can go first if, you, if you'd if you like me to or you can go. Uh, I'll go. Just sure. Okay. Three votes, Eric Dyer. Great. Uh, <laughs> I love I love the no, no discussion, no explanation. Uh, two votes, uh, Romero. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one vote. Um, Harry, great for kicking the bottle. Yep, that that's was it. Great. No yep. encouragement awards, no negatives. Yep, sweet. Um, my votes are very similar. Three to Dyer to make up for lost time. Um, then I'm going to give uh, two to Kane, and I'm going to give one to uh, Stephen Bergvine. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, yep. and no I, I'm not, legally, I'm not allowed to pry yeah, on that legally, question. So um, great. Yeah, no. Um, that's it. All right. So the West Ham game. Fantastic. All right, go for it. Um, West Ham, I'm giving three to Benton Kerr. Woo! Because, like, mm. I'm blown away by he's everywhere. Mm. Absolutely everywhere. Mm-hmm. So good on the ball. And I think we, so many fans are like, well, we haven't replaced Dembele. And I've got issues with that argument itself. But also, I think Benton Kerr really seems to be a player that, a central midfielder who can kind of do everything mm. and also has a much better pass than what Dembele had. Yeah. He's not as good at maybe dribbling going forward and driving, mm. but like oh, the passing is incredible. Yeah, it's really good. Um, So three for Benton Kerr, then two for Son, mm-hmm. um, and one for Kane. Yep. Um, And then I think I'm going to give an encouragement award to Romero. Mm-hmm. Um, no negatives. Yep. No. Actually, I want to give one more encouragement award to own goals. Great. Because own goals... Often doesn't get mentioned on the Spursy medal. Mm. And Own Goals has quietly been going about its business and has yeah. scored 10 for us this <laughs> season. Own Goals has been doing very well for us. Um, I will uh, come in with a, a, a big three for Sonny. Um, and then I will give two to Benton Kerr. Um, I will then give one to Kane for those two assists. Um, no encouragement awards, um, but I do give... Um, negative infinity to Kurt Zuma. Um, yeah, the highest number possible is what I give negative to Kurt Zuma. Yeah, I think that's very much warranted. Mm. Um, on the a bit Spursy community medal, mm. um, just some of the votes that did get mentioned, uh, which is the, if people aren't aware, it's on our Discord uh, after the game. Everyone's on there, chucks in their own a bit Spursy medal votes. Yep. Um, and yeah, there were a, lot, a, few, a few mentions regarding uh, Zuma. Zuma's cat got a few votes. Um, <laughs> Spurs fans booing Zuma got mm. five votes overall. Um, and then Son's dad was polling really well <laughs> as well and, and managed to get five votes, which puts him ahead of quite a lot of Spurs players. Well so done. Um, so yeah, like, I, look, I think things are, things are looking up. Um, this Newcastle game, like I know it's a while away now, mm. but, um, yeah, I think like to really get a result there would be great. Cause then it would feel like we're starting to build a run. Yeah. Because I feel like two games winning is not a run. Mm. Three makes it yep. a, run, a run, surely. Yeah. And also it's always good to beat Newcastle, especially now that they're owned um, by a horrific regime. So um, that'll that'll feel great. Um, I also just want to add, I give 10 points to Zuma's cat as well. Okay. Oh, great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, someone who's now the cat has leapfrogged quite a lot of our players. God, <laughs> I would love the cat to win. I would love the cat to win. Um, I need to remember this so I can vote for the cat each week. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that's really special. Um, obviously, yeah, we're going into a break, um, which is uh, so annoying. Um, but uh, there are other things that you can do with your time: crochet, uh, painting. Mm, um, uh, I was uh, texture sampling, texture work <laughs> sampling. Um, Get uh, the textile industry. If, uh, <laughs> if there was ever. Um, a piece of evidence <laughs> to show that uh, we don't have anything else going on is this little segment. Yeah, we're trying to brainstorm things that we can do because we've got no idea. Yeah. Magnets and um, you can uh, polish a car. So, yeah, I mean, there you go. There's some activities. Magnets are looking pretty good. Magnets are looking good. <laughs> Um, thank you very much for, for listening and thank you for contributing with the A Bit Spursy medal votes. 
uh, Discord uh, w- w- members. Discord members, yeah. Fol- followers, participants, yeah. Members. 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 Great. Um, it's a nice club on there. It's Yeah. <laughs> club members. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, we will be back uh, when will uh, after the break or when, what are we doing? Uh, we'll see. We'll see what's we'll see what's going on. Like it might be worth doing an episode um, last week. Maybe catch up on a few other things. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. you know what would be great, and he would hate it. A deep dive on the corruption of uh, our good, good friend, Russian oligarch, oil lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, with Tim. Because he'd be squirming, which would be hilarious. I feel like Tim might, we might cease to exist as humans. He might kill us. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's true. He might kill us. Um, But yeah, it would be really great to sort of, you know, explore that. But we'll find out. We can, maybe we can do that without Tim if he's not up for it. That's true. Or like an A-League thing. Uh, We'll be talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do an episode. We'll do one. Yeah, we'll do one. We'll We'll do do one. one. We'll do one. Don't worry. We'll do one. one. Yeah, we'll do one. This this sounds like we're sort of, we've been invited to a party on the weekend and we're saying we're going to show up, but we're doing it very unconvincingly. I've got um, this on, this on, this on, but uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'll come. I'll come. I'll I'll come. I'll come. What, should I bring chips? Doritos? Chips? Chips? Oh, get some Doritos. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Great. See you there. (laughs) Well, there. We'll be back next week Mm -hmm. uh, with some Doritos and, you know. We'll find something to do. Yeah, we'll be back next week. (laughs) Um, Thank you very much for listening. I've been Barney. I've been Dan. And come on, you Spurs. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.